You daredevil, you. I know. Just living life on the edge. Look, I'm the baddest boy in the whole wide world. Dominic Toretto would have you as part of his family <laughs> in a heartbeat. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon, and this is the post-Spanish Grand Prix weekend episode. And I think for everybody but us McLaren fans, it was a pretty entertaining weekend. Yeah. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you feel about it? I enjoyed I enjoyed it remarkably. Uh, I did feel bad for McLaren. Yeah, it was there's a lot of promise, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of build up, and then as soon as the lights went out, it was a swift kick in the nuts. Yeah, but pretty much. Such is life, I guess. Now we know what Charlotte Claire feels like every weekend. Oh my gosh, that dude got to be on suicide <laughs> watch this weekend. Like oh, seriously, I did have a random shower thought thinking about Leclerc and Sainz crying to themselves. Do you think Botas would make a move to Ferrari from Alfa Romeo? Wow. I don't know. I mean, if Charles Leclerc left, if he mm-hmm. did follow through and leave, Botas did have an interview recently and said that he has no plans on leaving anytime soon. I mean, he, he's... He's not doing well right now, but it's also he's not in the best car. He's yep. always been a solid, re- reliable driver. So maybe, dude, I don't know. I never thought of that. Yeah, was, that would I be was, interesting. I was like, God, why is Botas doing so bad in these races? I was like, well, the car kind of sucks. Like, I don't, no one knows anything about Alfa Romeo. Like, that'd be kind of an interesting move to see Botas and Ferrari. Yeah, and they've got that relationship. And it'd be like, you know what? They really wanted Lewis, but they couldn't get him. So they settled for number two. <laughs> And he's finished, does rally car racing, which is perfect for the way that Ferrari is set up. <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. <laughs> hey, there you go, man. I don't know. I'm going to write that one down. I got to remember that because if that comes true, good on you. You heard it here and first. I was thinking uh, the other day as well that at the beginning of the season, our preseason prediction pods, Valtteri Bottas was my surprise podium uh, getter. Uh, and Australia. I, 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 yeah, I called Australia, but. I don't see this happening at all this season now. I don't know, no, man. They're, he's just Alfa Romeo is nowhere. Yeah, right? Man, other than that, it was a pretty, I think, exciting weekend, especially for Spain, which generally isn't known for the most exciting races. Um, but I think just getting rid of that chicane switched things up so much. And then Everyone add in a little bit of rain. That was. Yeah. I heard a, a David Coulthard, actually, one of the things that he said that I thought was super interesting that I didn't really connect before as he said one that chicane was like the two most hated turns on the entire calendar and removing um and having those two long sweeping corners into the straightaway is how a grand prix car is set up to drive it's not set up to do 20 miles an hour around a chicane it is set up to pull four g's doing 120 around a 90 degree turn and then you know hitting the drs and going and i just never really thought about that is the definition of a Grand Prix Formula One car is that long, fast, sweeping 90 degree into a really fast section, as opposed to shutting it all the way down to second gear, doing a real slow rotate around the corners. I was like, that's, I never thought about it like that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. It's like they keep trying to add all these measures in to increase safety in an inherently dangerous sport. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's good. It's not like the old days where you have at least one driver getting di- or killed per season. Yeah. You know, I, you, nobody wants to see that. But also it's like, come on, you got to let them you got to let them do what they're here to do. You know? Yeah. Which we will get into with Yuki Sonoda and Zhou Guan Yu and Yuki's oh, yeah. bullshit penalty. Yeah. Right. 
All right, well, uh, let's start off. I, I think practices were kind of mundane, kind of boring. Yeah. Not much really took place. A lot of gravel in, trap. In yeah, you got to see that. And again, man, I, it's it's like these gravel traps are a lot shallower because everybody mm. went off, but nobody got beached. Yep. So it's it's definitely no Australia or anywhere else. Um, quality got interesting, though. I mean, because the track was wet. Dude, this was it, my second favorite quality of all year, I think. Followed it was by, a good one. Only behind Monaco. Yeah, Monaco's specifically Q3 of Monaco. Yeah. Um, it was a good one. So eight cars went out, you know, as soon as the light turned green, which was kind of surprising that only eight did because they were like, oh, is it going to rain more? The track's kind of drying up right now. Set a fast time now. If it rains, you're guaranteed into Q, you know, through into the uh, follow-on quality sessions. Um and of those eight cars, I think four of them immediately went off into the gravel trap. Like <laughs> it's like the green light, and there's Yuki, <laughs> just sliding across. Dude, and yeah, then there was... goes Botas, and then there goes Alonzo, and then there goes Albon and Red yep. Flag. Yep, it's a, um, that was pretty crazy to start to start off there. And they red flagged it, which was everyone was super confused. Like the cameras were scanning the track. It was like no one's stuck. And then it came out. I think it was because of all of the gravel that was now on the track from everyone beaching it. it looked like Lonzo damaged the underside of his car um yeah it was pretty interesting yeah that definitely set the tone i think for the f- remainder of the weekend for Lonzo. yeah it really did unfortunately but and this was the one david coulthard uh quote i have of the weekend was when he was like Alonzo's a really cool cat but i think he might have lost a life on that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep them coming, DC. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was – so red flagged it for a little while, and then the track kind of dried out a little more, and then we had quality as usual, except for the fact that quality as usual, usual ended up with Charles Leclerc not making it out of Q1. Yeah, that was wild. He was complaining about the rear of the car felt weird, mm-hmm. but then he's – qualifying p19 what yeah like wow he ran a 114.0 more disappointment for the monogas which and this is you know the fastest time in q1 was a one i'm looking at it a 112.9 and he ran a 114.0 so i mean one second yeah one second around the track is all that splits these cars. It's crazy that it's that close. Yeah, the field um, is so tight this year. It's so tight. It makes for a lot of it makes for a lot of fun, but it's also funny for how tight it is, how often it still comes out relatively the same way. Yeah. Um in quality. So yeah, that was pretty crazy. Botas, Magnuson, Albon, Leclerc, and Sargent all out in Q1. Um so no surprise there with Botas, K Mag, and, and the Haas, and both Williams. But the Ferrari was a big whoa. Um, and then we go into Q two, and uh, Max set a time out of the gate that was like untouched. <laughs> it was bye bye. Um, I did write down Russell. Uh, he had that big snap or went through the gravel yep. trap and yelled "fucking Nora," and the <laughs> the um commentators were just making fun of how british he is i had to look that one up did you look it up i've heard that before uh from top gear oh okay 
Yeah, I, I had never heard that before. Oh, really? No. James on did. James always says it on Top Gear. That's funny. But yeah, yeah like how, he was like, "Oh, that's just she is." Yeah, it just comes out in the moment. <laughs> like, right. Um, and Perez was just off. Like he was off the pace. He was he was out there to set a fast lap with a minute thirty left and didn't do it. It was just not a good weekend for Perez. Yeah, he went off, and then to get out qualified by Hulkenberg, who you know we keep saying it now, the new Mister Saturday. He had a great day. Yeah, he did. but yeah, Perez was just not looking good. I don't know, I, like if his confidence is shaken now, and he's just. You know, he's like, what, a, a, almost 60 points behind in the in the championship at this point? Yep. So that's kind yeah, of like I've Perez got some notes for out. post post race on talking about Checo. But yeah, not good for him. He's out. George Russell was out qualifying in 12th. And then Zhou Yu, Nick DeVries, and Yuki Sonoda. The first time Nick DeVries actually out qualified Yuki. Yeah. And then we also saw um, the two Mercedes come in contact right there at the very end. Which is kind yeah. of surprising. Yeah, just very Russell not paying attention to his mirrors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just to see them come together, and then they showed the replay, and it was like, it looks like Hamilton's missing an in-plate. Yeah. And then, sure enough, man, they almost pulled a, a Rosberg-Hamilton at that point. And, uh, yeah, and I think Russell was very aware it was his fault. Yeah. Like he said, he was just like, oh, I was thinking about this. And, and he, they commentators kind of called him out on that during the race as well. Just overthinking and being overly focused on something and not very spatially aware. Yeah. Uh, and then they compared him to Roman Grosjean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, damn, that's a damn. sick bird. <laughs> you know, Roman got texted immediately. And he was like, yo. <laughs> uh, they, they basically put it on a scale of Fernando Alonso to Roman Grosjean. <laughs> you don't want to be in the Roman Grosjean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Q2 is over. We go into Q3. And again, Max just sets a blistering pace. Carlos is nowhere near it. Lando pips it up into P3. Well, Hulkenberg was in P3 for a second. Yeah. Um, and then Alonzo was not doing well. Carlos came around, gave it his all, and came out in second. And then we got, you know, Norris was there. Gasly was in P4. Lance Stroll was ahead of Fernando Alonso, which is unheard of. Um, both Alpines in Q3 looking really good until, you know, Pierre Gasly double impeded and, uh, you know, almost fell back to Q2. Yeah, that was a, a bad time for Pierre. But the one thing I thought was really cool about this Q3 is we had seven out of the 10 teams make it through to Q3. The only teams we didn't were Williams, Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Tauri. Yeah. Seven out of 10 teams. That's pretty crazy. That is, and it's still split. The slowest time was Oscar Piastri at a 113.6. Max was a 112.2. If we take him out, uh, Sainz was a, was, was a 112.7. So less than, it's 0.9 of a second from P2 to P10. Q3 was, that's when I was looking. It's like, you got Mercedes and McLaren both looking good. Especially for all the, the trash that the Mercedes guys were talking about that car, which is yeah. starting to become you know, pretty regular at this point, but then to put it it's up like Lewis complaining about his were, tires. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, it is, it's what happens. It's the Mercedes way. I guess it's better than the uh, McLaren way where it's like, this car is going to be amazing. JK. <laughs> oh, these guys. 
Yeah, I, I had such high hopes for McLaren this this weekend. I did too, man. Lando in P3. I was like, he's nowhere, no way he's going to finish in P3. But if we could get like a top six finish for a McLaren, that'd be huge. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Lando had different plans, though. <laughs> Lando had different plans. <laughs> so qualifying ends. Gasly gets Levy to. I was so I was thinking about this because Gasly got the two impeding um, somebody else penalties, two three play, grid place penalties, six takes him from P four to P ten starting, and that was one of those like both times he did it, like he did it to Max one time and he clearly like stopped, you know he did impede Max but it didn't impede Max qualifying. It wasn't like when Leclerc did it to Lando in Monaco where it was the final flying lap Lando was setting personal bests and then had to pull out of it. Like that was bad. That deserved penalties. I don't know. It's one of those like, yeah, kind of have to penalize him because you can't set the precedence that it's okay to do that. But it also didn't stop anyone's qualifying at all. And so I don't, I was trying to like, I was like, man, six grid places seems really, really harsh. Well, I mean, to be fair, it was two three-place grid penalties. Yeah, so but six total was real harsh. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at least it wasn't penalty points, you know, because he yeah. just lost some of the points on his license, so he's got a little bit of breathing room. And then when they started talking about potential penalties, I was like, oh, he's right back up in the max again now. <laughs> so, got anything else for quality? Are we going to Sunday? No, let's go on to Sunday, man. All right, man. So a couple pre-race things. They put a brand new floor on Alonzo's car. You and I kind of talked about that briefly yesterday, but it was like parts for like parts. So it's not a penalty. Correct. Leclerc is starting from the pit lane. And so is Sergeant for, which wasn't really all that surprising for Leclerc. He's in P19. Start from the pit lane is whatever. If you get to fix whatever was happening to that car. Yep. Did you ever hear what was wrong with it? No, I I don't know. All I could find was that they changed rear end parts. Um, And then the other one was Lando because they did basically changed out his rear suspension on his Mm -hmm. car, which I don't know. They never really went into what happened, what was going on there. Um, So I'm kind of curious if that had, if there was still an issue with the car that kind of affected his performance later on, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, you had a couple cars getting repairs right before or the night before the race. Yeah. Um, so none of them did very well. No, they, yeah, no. So we line up Max and Checo are the only ones on mediums. Everyone else is on softs. Yeah. Um, it, that was interesting because they were kind of mentioning how it's like at this point, Red Bull is so dominant that they're kind of scaring everybody into this strategy of do whatever you can to get in front at turn one and then try to keep them behind. And so it's like you kind of have to sabotage or put yourself at a disadvantage for the rest of your race just so you can get that jump, which nobody did. <laughs> but yeah, so we just call that know, the Ferrari, uh, Ferrari strategy plan. Just sabotage <laughs> everything yeah. at all costs. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, yeah. it, uh, it was super interesting. I was wondering about that. If Max didn't have a good start, signs right behind him on softs, a long run down to turn one, could signs get in front? 
And it wasn't going to matter because as soon as they got around to the straightaway, Max was just going to blow his doors off. But right, you know, could they could they do it? And uh, lights out, and no, not so much. Nope, lights out, and there goes Lando. <laughs> um, yeah, straight into Lewis Hamilton's back tire. You saw the front wing end plate just go flying into yeah. the back. Bo, my son was watching it, and he goes, "Whoa, something just went in the air." I was like, "Yeah, that was Lando's car." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and was, his race it was so, like i was so excited i sat down i got my mclaren hat on I'm like here we go <laughs> then turn two and then like i was saying earlier it's like i was just rage watching the first half of the race after that because like just like throwing everything in the air like i'll oh, screw this i'm done yeah. you just see him drop back and you know what's going to happen at that point like there's yeah, no it was chance over. they're like oh we, they, as soon as they said they were going to pit him they're like well there went any real chance and then he was stopped for 17.6 seconds getting yeah. the front wing changed out. It was a it was, long pit stop. It was bad. It was real rough. Uh, he looked like when he came out, he looked like Logan Sargent. Um, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Leave him alone. Don't kick him when he's down. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Perez also got a really bad start and Russell got up front in front of Perez immediately. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Not good for Perez. Um, by lap two, Max was already 1.2 seconds ahead of Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Like, no bye. Chance. We'll see you later, Max. We'll see you on the podium. We're going to focus yeah. on everybody <laughs> yeah, else <right>. now. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, so lap 10, I think we saw people starting to come in on the soft tire and start throwing hard tires on. I think we saw three or four. I think I wrote that down because last year, um, there wasn't a single team that used the hard tires. Everyone did a two stop mediums and softs. Um, so I was kind of surprised to see hards coming on like immediately. Um, and we'd see what that did with the tire strategies. Yeah. I think it was a lot of the slower teams that were trying to maybe, you know, get a jump or do the undercut. So when all the other teams are doing their three stops or whatever, they could hope potentially go long. Yeah. And Nico Hulkenberg threw hards on and set the, uh, fastest lap time that he held for like 10, 15 laps. Like they, everyone yeah. was like, Oh, the undercut's huge. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, I got lap 11. Russell's already in fifth place from 12. Yeah. He had a really good first part of this well, a really good race all in general, but his like first stint was amazing. And Perez was only in eighth. Yeah. He, yeah. Like I said, man, I think Perez, he's just, just off all weekend. Russell was just on another one, which was surprising because the way Russell was, was in qualifying and some of the practice sessions, he was having a tough time with that car. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like everything came together on race day for him. Yeah, it really did. I was really impressed. He was up to fifth. Perez was only in eighth. And then on lap 13, we got the signs Ferrari radio shenanigans where Ferrari came over and they were like, plan Sierra, Alpha, Omega, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like it was the most coded message and signs came back with be patient. The, the pace is good. And then they were like, okay, pick up the pace all out. Like, what? I love how they were like, it's like they're talking to the wrong driver. <laughs> like they're having the, each of them are talking to somebody else. It was, it's, <laughs> that team just it boggles me that they're, it's such a professional organization that has such disorganization <laughs> they're in such yeah. disarray it is bad and then three laps later on lap 16 they bring signs in throw mediums on 
And the only thing you get over the radio that they shared was uh, was science going, why? Why are we putting <laughs> mediums on? Um, and with science pitting, the Mercedes were in second and third place. Yeah. And then they went for way longer on those same tires. And it just, it, it makes you wonder. It's like, why would Ferrari pit so soon? And then just to I, piggyback that they are, it, that's not a fluke. It wasn't an accident. They are that dumb. They brought Charles Leclerc in from hard tires and put softs on, on lap 17. I don't, I don't get it. Like, don't oh, maybe get they it. were talking to the wrong driver. You know, they, they accidentally <laughs> pitted signs. It happens. Maybe. Nope. Nope. They're bringing Leclerc in too. Mind. It's like, Oh, either Ferrari's onto something or they're on something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's all everyone was so confused. Uh, so I go down to lap 28 from there. Max pits throws hard, hard tires on clearly trying a one-stop strategy. Um, but he's so far in front of Lewis that he comes back out in first place anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just might as well. Just, just let him stop. Just be like, all right, you're P1. Yeah. Just clear the track and let's have everybody else go. You're, you're fine. Let everyone else go. Um, but and- during that time, we also had that amazing battle between Hulkenberg, Sonoda, and Zhou Guanyu. That, Dude, that was, was really entertaining. Good racing. And that went on for about four or five laps as well, which is yeah. you know, the highlight of the first 20 laps of the race for me. It was super fun because it wasn't a DRS train. Like Hulkenberg came out of the pits while Yuki and Zhou were fighting. And then through the whole thing in disarray and they were all <laughs> passing each other, like three cars wide going through the turns. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Good for them. Um, and then we got Russell seeing rain on turn five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Never. wait, wait. I think that's just the sweat inside of my helmet. Actually. <laughs> it's funny. Cause when they show everybody else, everybody, all the other teams heard the message. So you see Horner like sticking his hand out. <laughs> With a puzzled look, he's like, oh, no rain. And then they show everything else, and one little teeny tiny dot. And they're like, well, maybe there's rain. (laughs) Then I love it when he's like, is anybody else reporting rain? (laughs) No. I think it might just be the sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Engineer's like, yeah, it's just you. It's the sweat. (laughs) Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Cocking Nora. I don't even know what it means. I just know it's British. <laughs> I looked it up. It means like effing bloody hell. <laughs> so dumb. Um, uh, Checo comes in and pits, throws on a set of hard tires. Um, they bring in. Uh, so fast forward a little bit. Lap forty two. They do a Ferrari double uh, double stack. Um, and I realized that by so they pitted. Leclerc at lap 17 from soft from hards to soft. So he did 17 laps on set of hards. They're on a set of softs. And then he did 30, 22 laps. He did more laps on the soft than he did on the hard tire. That makes sense. Makes Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it makes sense if you're Ferrari. Right. Yeah. If you don't think um, about it. I'm going to keep running it down unless you got something in between. No, no. Jumping to lap 52, Ocon almost takes out Alonzo. I don't know if you saw that. Um, when uh, Alonzo went to pass Ocon, 
and Ocon ran him all the way into the pit lane. Oh like, yeah, right there on the straight. Yeah, it was kind of unnecessary because he had way more speed than Ocon did. Like he was yep. going to pass you, man. Like yeah, ran him all the there's way a car? into the pit lane. Dude, if there's a car coming out of the pits, that would have been disastrous. Yeah, that's I've had the same thing. It, um, it was very similar to last year. And I think the commentators even mentioned it too. Last year when Lance Stroll did that to Alonzo. Yeah. And he kind of went airborne. Very similar to that. Um, Then we get to lap 60 where Alonzo catches up to Stroll. <laughs> it's it's and, like the odd and couple. Papa, <laughs> Papa Fernando says, don't worry, buddy. I'm just going to catch up to you because it's easy. And then I'm just going to protect your rear side. Good team yep. points here. I got your six, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Which I want to talk about. Let's finish the race, and then I want to talk about some about that because I think that Alonzo is playing political chess right there. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. Um, Lap sixty-two. Max asks what his fastest lap time is, and he's he's getting getting track limits right. So the the engineers are like, "You're going to get a penalty. You're 19 seconds clear of Lewis. We cannot afford a five second penalty. Do not like track limits." And Max is like, "Yeah, yeah." Anyway, so what's the fastest lap? And they're like, "Yours is currently this." But again, like we don't want a penalty. And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Sets the fastest lap. (laughs) I love that because his engineers like, "Oh, it's Checo. He got a 16 six, but that was on new soft. So that you know, basically, like, don't worry about it. You can't do it." And then Max is like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Clears it by a full second. <laughs> I love the engineer. Go ahead. The engineer is like, all right, you've had your, essentially like, all right, you've had your fun. Just bring it home now. <laughs> just, just keep it between the white lines, please. <laughs> oh, dude, to which Max literally highlight. responded, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy, man. He's just out there at this point, just doodling around trying to make it a little interesting for himself i guess he's like i've had such a lonely drive that i just gotta do something fun he's like alonzo in miami where he's watching the big screens as he goes by to see yeah, where everyone yeah. else is and um and then on that lap is they give yuki Sonoda the penalty with joe guan yu which i think think was total horseshit yeah that from everything i saw it looked like joe guan yu just got a little jumpy um yes yuki didn't make any kind of like erratic movements or anything when they showed Joe's onboard, you could see, I, you know, it's, you don't have much peripheral vision, I guess, in these yeah. cars. So you could see Yuki looks like he kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, but from the aerial view and everything else, it was all like, it was all normal. It was clean. And it looked and like Joe just got a little Yuki jumpy. was squeezing him for sure, but he was nose in at the apex. It was Yuki's yeah. corner. He wasn't leaving a ton of room there. Enough room that Lance Stroll would have probably tried to squeeze in between a wall and him. But, you know. <laughs> Um, but there was room there, especially with the runoff to where Zhuguan Yu could have totally stuck around the outside and been just fine. And he jumps to the runoff area. Yeah. The, the, the stewards this weekend were on one, like for one Gunther Steiner, he got a penalty. They got a, I think a $10,000 fine because he called basically the stewards layman and said that we need professionals in here. So he got penalized for that. Then you got, um, what's his name? Uh, Gasly. Gasly getting the double penalties. Then you had um, Joe or not Joe Yuki Sonoda getting the penalty. Like they were unnecessarily was, harsh man, this weekend. He was in ninth place, having a phenomenal race, and yeah. you drop him down to twelve with a with a five second penalty. Like that was a very harsh, unnecessary 
penalty. That was yeah. good racing. Yuki got robbed. He got completely robbed on that one. I think that was really bad. And it sets a really bad precedence that, hey, if you're going to race hard, we're going to penalize you. Yep. You're going to have clean, no contact racing. You might still get a penalty. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. I, don't, I think most people don't agree with that one. But unfortunately, yeah. that's what they did. And that's all I got. Max Verstappen brings it home with Lewis and George right behind him. Sergio Perez in four. Signs in five. Stroll, Lonzo, 6-7, Esteban Ocon, Joe Guan Yu, and Pierre Gasly. I like how, if you remember that one radio message where Signs was like, tell me what, or figure out a way to keep Checo behind or whatever. Yeah. Um, Martin Brundle on the, the ESPN broadcast was like, oh, figure out a way, hire Adrian Newey. <laughs> <laughs> Not much you could do at this point. He's going to pass you, man. Yeah, you're, you're a sitting duck, dude. Um. Uh, all right, I got post before we get to heroes and zeros post race thoughts. One is Mercedes back. Dude, I, I think Mercedes as far as back, I mean, not back at the old Mercedes 2008 or 17, 18 Mercedes, but they are a solid P2 contender now for the constructors, which obviously they've surpassed Alf, Alf, uh, Aston Martin for P2 um, by far. Yeah, they Ferrari is going down, Mercedes is going up, and I think now you're going to see a lot of interesting battles between Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton for the and George Russell for the rest of the season. Yeah, I am super excited for that. Um for sure, Mercedes is solidly up there in P2. Um I, I think that the standings are now what they should be. You got Red Bull in 1, Mercedes 2, Aston 3, Ferrari working its way to the midfield. Yeah, they're, every week, every other team is bringing upgrades, and they're bringing downgrades, it seems like. Yeah, not not good. I, Mercedes looked damn good. Um, something else I really want to point out on Perez and Mercedes. Russell went from 12th place to 3rd place. Perez went from 11th place to 4th. Yeah, which... Dude, I, I don't know. Earlier in the season, it looked like, you know, there's the whole talks of Perez being a, a title contender. And now we're getting back to where we were last year, where it's like, Perez uh, might not have it, you know? I don't know. We, You and I got quite a bit of heat from friends, you know, talking to us about, you know, we need to check what we're saying about Checo and yeah. like that he can do it. And it was like, we're not saying Checo's a bad driver. He's not max level. Yeah. And he's nobody is right now. He's yeah. inconsistent. He's a great driver. He can, he's a, he's a Valtteri Botas. He's there to pick up points when Lewis isn't there or Max isn't there, but he's not contending. I don't even, I, w I don't know if I'd even put him put on him that level. Perez on his good day is amazing, right? But it seems like lately he's been having not so many good days. And these are the days where you're going to, if you have a, like uh, Mercedes, two solid, consistent point scores. If you want to win that constructors title, you need that in, on your team. So if you got Perez that's dawdling down in the midfield and having trouble getting past everybody, and you got Max that's winning every race, eventually Mercedes is going to close that gap a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you know they just need like Perez. they did on Aston Martin. Exactly. Fernando has more points than both of the Mercedes by like twenty or thirty, but strolls so far in the background that Mercedes is ahead of him. Right. Exactly. And so you know he's he's got to get his consistency back. And I don't know what's going on where he's like lost his mojo in the past few races, but he has to fix that or they're going to be in, in trouble. 
Yeah, and you're on a you're on the team where you don't get many races of lost mojo between before you find yourself looking for another car. Yep, that's for Nick damn sure. <laughs> and that's another thing that we're gonna have to talk about because, uh, from all accounts, Helmet Marco gave Nick DeVries until Spain to start showing some upgrades or some improvements. And Do you think he's it. shown any improvements? Not a one. <laughs> Not at all. Not a no. one. Yuki Sonoda is a decent driver. He's inconsistent and he makes mistakes, but he's up there fighting for P9 now, P8, P9. And you got DeVries down in 15th. Yeah, that's no good. And you're down no good. ninth in the constructor standings right now. Like one outperforming Yuki in one qualifying session is not going to cut it. No, not even close. Um, okay, Stroll and Alonzo. So Stroll yep. started. Let me pull this up. Starting grid. Stroll started in fifth place and Alonzo started in eighth place. And I don't think any of us. So I think Alonzo is playing political chess, making those radio calls that he's not going to pass um, Stroll. And here's my reasoning on that. I think that if Alonzo just went ahead and passed Stroll, it would have given him a few more points. He wasn't going to make it up past that. Um, and no one would have batted an eye that Alonzo finished in front of Stroll. But you let Stroll finish in front of you. You're not going to, you're not fighting for any driver championship. You don't really care about your points that much. Losing two points isn't going to matter to you. But you start making radio calls that you're not going to pass him and not to worry and Papa Alonzo's here and you spend the last six laps waving at people as you drive by them <laughs> in the stands and how easy it is. Yeah. How easy this is for you. It highlights how bad Stroll is. If Fernando had just gone by uh, Stroll, no one would have even noticed that it would be like, oh yeah, you know, Alonzo finished right in front of Stroll. Stroll, man, Stroll did good. He was right behind one place behind Alonzo. But that's not what happened. Alonzo highlighted how easily he could pass him, but he's not because he's here for the team. And he cares yeah. about Lance. And it's like, no, you are pointing out how bad he's doing in a I very mean, good way. Alonzo is not dumb. And no. he understands that for this team to take that second place in constructors, he needs a strong teammate. And he knows that, you know, Lawrence might not be willing to get rid of him, but Lawrence has a lot of backers, I think, that he needs to answer to. So if he can highlight how bad it is and start to, you know, appeal to these financial backers, eventually people, there's going to be a lot of mounting pressure on yep. Lawrence to make a move there. And so whether that means he goes and buys another team for Lance to drive in or... I don't know. Lance rides off into the sunset, you know, and goes snowboarding in Canada or whatever he likes to do. Maybe he I don't has another cycling is. accident. <laughs> He's got to finish the job this time. It's like, Lance, <laughs> Lance, I bought you a new bicycle. <laughs> I want you to ride down this road. <laughs> Make sure you're there between 4 and 4.30. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was very smart by Alonzo, though. Yeah, that that definitely was. And it's... One of those, I didn't really think about it like that until you said it. For me, it was like, you know, he's just being nice. He's like, oh, I know who signs my checks. But when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because he's not dumb. You've seen him. Like, he, what was it? Um, he plays politics. Yeah. Even in the qualifying session, he's like, oh, uh, Gasly impeded him. That's going to be three places. He's yeah. like calling out penalties before they even happen. 
Yeah. So even the commentators were like, oh, we'd love to have Alonzo retire and come be a commentator. That would oh, be great. Amazing. <laughs> um, Lando Norris. Take All it right. away, Kurt. This guy. And for one, it was his fault, right? The, in, the turn two incident was his fault. He stuck his nose where it shouldn't have been. But watching the recovery, Lando Norris had, I think, two on-track passes. And I want to say both of them were on um, Logan Sargent. But other than that, like he was having a tough time getting past anybody. Every yeah. like every person he came up to, the only way he got past them is because they went into the pits. So I don't know if it was an issue, you know, from the beginning where they changed out the suspension, if they didn't get the settings on the car right, or if that car, I can't even put it on the car because Piastri was doing all right. He was, I mean, know, I'm not looking him past up right now. Everybody. He started in ninth place and he ended in thirteenth. Right. But, I mean, I saw Piastri, like, he was passing people every now and then. Yeah. Lando Norris just had a completely abysmal race. It was terrible. So, I, I don't know. I'm hoping there was an issue with the car. But I feel like uh, Charlotte Claire gets a lot of the limelight for disappointments, being in a car that doesn't really match his ability. But yeah. I feel like Lando Norris is solidly in the same position. Um, you know, just Charlotte Claire has a taste of, of the front yeah. every now and then. Lando Norris. Yeah, this year the McLarens have been complete dog shit. Yeah, did you watch the post race interview with uh, Norris? Uh, yeah. So where he was saying like they were hoping to maybe stay in the points. That was their goal, starting yeah. from P three, and they're hoping to stay in the points. I don't know. I I know if you know they didn't have high hopes going into this race, but damn, this was bad. So the other thing I thought was interesting in. It's something I try to pay attention to, but whether they report on it or not, it's a whole nother thing. But they did say it out loud this time. McLaren has not brought upgrades since Baku. That's the right. same exact car as they had in Baku. Like, how is Mercedes bringing a whole new freaking car to the grid and you've brought one upgrade that was just yeah. the floor? I know just before Baku, McLaren came out and said that they had that Baku upgrade, which is a big one. And they said they had two more major upgrades planned. One of them would be right before summer break, which is coming up soon, July. Um, and then the other one would be shortly after the summer break would be their third of the three planned upgrades. Um, but man, they need to rush this and hopefully it makes a difference because right now McLaren is not looking good. Yeah, they're like 2019 Ferrari, 2020 Ooh. Ferrari. Yeah, they are down in sixth place in the constructors with 17 points. Yeah. Ooh. And then my last thing that I just thought was entertaining was Nico Rosberg interviewing Lewis Hamilton. What happened there? I didn't see just, that one. It was just the post-race interview. At the, just Nico, former teammates that had a little bit of tension, you could say. Out on bit. the racetrack that Lewis took both of them out and they almost came to physical blows. <laughs> they played that replay so much this weekend. <laughs> and then Nico Rosberg is the post-race interviewer standing there. And I thought that was pretty entertaining. Just I wonder like what's going through each of their heads as they as Lewis walks up to talk to him. Seven-time world champion <laughs> on the comeback versus one-time world champion, absolute enemies. Yeah. What's crazy how, is when when you look at their story, how they're like really close friends, all coming up through the junior series, through karting junior series, then even onto the team. And then once they started to get competitive, then like Gloves all hell broke off. loose. You remember that one post race where uh, 
I think Nico threw the hat at Lewis and then Lewis just chucked it right back at him. <laughs> yeah. It's what we're oh, hoping man. becomes the Ocon Gasly story. Oh, it's getting there. It's, it's getting coming. There. <laughs> um, okay. It's kind of all my post-race thoughts. If uh, we want to go to heroes and zeros, let's do the heroes and zeros here. Okay. You want me to start with my zeros? Okay. You start. Okay. So I will start with my zeros. My first zero, as much as it pains me, I have to put Lando Norris. It's yeah. that turn one, turn two incident was all his fault. And from there on, it was just, it was I bad. think if it had just been the turn two incident, he dropped down to P20 and finished P12 or something. We'd right. be kind of singing a different tune, but to to have that incident drop down to P20 and then finish in 17th yep. in front of K-Mag, Botas, and Sergeant, like, to have as much trouble as he had passing Sergeant, that was wild. Like, it's Logan Sergeant in a Williams. You should yeah. be able to get by him. So, yeah, Lando Norris, definitely one of my zeros. Um, Might as well. From, from there, I will go. My next zero is the Haas Jackman. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Yo, my guy had so much trouble getting that jack under that car. <laughs> twice twice <laughs> it's like the first time he tried to hit it twice and then finally the other guy got it and then the second time around he you like in. just biffed it and fell over <laughs> Yo, i don't know what was going on with that guy but he is definitely he was looking like a clown yesterday <laughs> i forgot about that guy <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. and my last zero i'm gonna go with ferrari it's oh, just man. such such Poor decision-making, again, from the Ferrari team. And that's the hardest part, I think, is that the car is not that bad. The decision-making is atrocious. Right. So when you couple poor decision-making with a an okay car, it's just, it's even worse. It's so. just, like, how do you not fire every strategist and just bring somebody else in? I mean, you could bring a freaking monkey in to do a better job at this point. Like, how do you start... Leclerc on a set of hards, run 17 laps, put him on a set of softs, and have him run 24 laps on the softs. <laughs> what the hell? Look, it doesn't make sense. All right. And that's maybe that's the strategy. There is no strategy, or they do like an anti strategy to keep everybody else on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> but mainly it's just Pit keeping the drivers on the hards. Toes. <laughs> I'll paint to overtake Ocon. Pit for hards. <laughs> They, did they hear us? Did they, oh, are they looking? Yeah, right. I think they heard us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, what so do you got? Ferrari and Norris slash McLaren were both mine. And then the other one were the Stewarts. Absolute yep. zeros this weekend. Yep. I definitely agree. I think specifically on Yuki Sonoda, I think that was an absolute bullshit call. Um, I think, you know, Gunther... You know, they didn't really talk about that much because I think that doesn't shed good light. But Gunther had a good point, And then just kicking Gasly all the way down like that, I think, was a little over the top. Yep, for sure. I definitely agree on that. Uh, all right. For my heroes <clears throat> this weekend, you know, I, I think it goes without saying, but Max. Yeah. Max Verstappen, he had a perfect weekend. He was, he was P1 in every practice session. Qualified on pole, uh, led every lap of the race, won the race, obviously, and he got the fastest lap. He had yep. the absolute perfect weekend. Um, and I will say that the only reason I didn't choose Red Bull as a team 
for this is because of Checo. Yeah. Otherwise, and and they even mentioned it. You have a lot of people these days that um, are getting, they're like, oh, why do we even pay attention to F1 when you know Max is going to win? Um, but they just talk about how Max Verstappen right now, you have the best driver on the grid in the best car in the grid with the best team. The pit crew is amazing. The, the strategist is amazing. The aerodynamicist, everybody has come together. It's like the captain planet of, of formula one right now. Yeah. And it's, you can't beat it. So I had to go with and, Max on that. And everyone's going to hate on it and that's just fine. But it, Red Bull has done it. They put the perfect team together. Yep. Which is why you're starting to see a lot of their people start to get poached. So mm-hmm. like the other guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's going on to whatever team, you know, I forget what team he's going to at the end of the year, but you know, just like with um, Dan Fallows, he got poached. A lot of their other people are getting taken away um, because they are so good. So, I mean, eventually you'll start to see that gap close up and then another team will take over. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I totally agree. Max is in the league of his own right now. Yep. So I'll just run down all mine for my second one. I had the RB, the Red Bull pit crew. Dude, they busted out a 2.07 second, the fastest pit stop of the year um, on Checo at this race. And they made all the other pit crews look like elementary. It was it was crazy because you see them busting out 2.7, 2.2, like all these fast pit stops. And then everybody else is like 2.8, 3.1. Like, come on. And even they mentioned it with the Haas crew when they showed the first time he missed the, the jack. Um, the commentators are like, it's so easy. All you got to do is just practice every day like Red Bull does. You could be, still yeah. be a small team and still practice and have good pit stops. So definitely the Red Bull pit crew. And then my third one is going to be Mercedes as a whole. They, yeah. they did great. I'm happy to see that they're actually fighting and that they have made such improvements. And I'm excited for what the rest of the season holds. Yeah, I am too. I, so I've got Max and Mercedes on mine. Um, yeah, Mercedes absolutely deserves it. Double podium this weekend. Um, those upgrades they brought to the track made a huge difference. Um, are they going to catch Max? No, not this season. But we have definitely got, like, they're coming. And it's exciting to watch. I'm, I'm becoming more and more of a Mercedes fan every day. Yep. I just ordered a Mercedes shirt yesterday. Did you really? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I've had it in my um, cart for a while. I was like, you know what? It's time. You know, and I only had two heroes. I couldn't really find anybody else. The, the pit crew is <laughs> a good one, but there was no one else on the grid that like shown stood out. It was. And then as neither a hero nor a zero, I wrote Perez over to the side because he's not a zero, but he's just not looking good. Yeah. It's, it's funny how, when you said talking about Merck as one of your heroes, you're like, are they going to catch Max? You didn't say, are they going to catch Red Bull? You said, are they going to catch Max? Yep. So, you know, because easily Perez can be caught. George Russell started behind Perez and finished in front of Perez. Yep. So one thing that I will say, and you got to see the absolute power of the Red Bull DRS, was when Perez, I can't remember who he was passing, but he had, the car he was passing had DRS. But as soon as Perez's DRS opened, it was like the car in front of him had no DRS at that point. Yeah. It was the the difference in the gain was incredible. Yeah, they put it well with that car. All right, predictions. Okay, predictions. I'm actually happy about this one. All right, so my prediction for pole, I had Max. Which... I had Leclerc, freaking P19 <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Oh, it's like almost, almost. I, fire, I actually change it up one time. No. 
All right, so on the race day, my P3, I had Alonzo. Yeah, I did too. I think we both missed out on that one. Yeah. Uh, P2, I had Perez. Yeah, we had the same lineup. Yep, miss on that one. And then P1, we both had Max. So two points there. Wild card. Fucking. I went wild card. My wild card was zero DNFs. And, and you pulled it. it out, too. <laughs> I couldn't believe. We didn't even have a yellow flag. I like. know. It was wild. And it was still an entertaining race, even without, you know, anything crazy going on. Mine was Alpha Tari points, which I was robbed of. <laughs> robbed. That's why you're so angry against the stewards. <laughs> I am. Oh, uh, So what? you got one point on that one. I got one point. All right. I got three. I'm closing the gap. Finally. Oh. Finally, right. Um, yeah, man. Great weekend, though. Ton of fun. Got to see mainly Mercedes's upgrades. Um, excited for Canada. Canada is always an interesting, uh, interesting race. Yeah, I'm pumped for it, mainly because it's going to be on at a normal time for here in America. Don't got to wake up super early and watch it. I like the 8 a.m. races. I wake up and turn it on first thing in the morning. I, I actually don't mind them, but I also enjoy sitting down with a beer and watching the race. Yeah, there's which that. My wife frowns upon it if I do that at 8 a.m. <laughs> it's like it's like being at an airport. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Formula One's on. Like, what about everything else we got to do today? Ah, good luck. <laughs> no, we, we don't talk about that yet. Um, Canada will be fun. Two yeah, weeks. It will be. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We got to figure that out. The chance of hitting a moose in Canada. Maybe <laughs> Nicholas Gotifi showing up. I hope so. I hope he's there. All right, cool. Well, if you like what you hear, make sure you leave us a rating and a review and share this with a friend. And uh, I think that's going to be it for this week, Dylan. That's all I got. Cool. Well, on that note. Stay classy, America. See you next time.